Welcome to another episode of Sad in the City. It's me. It's Brianna. We're here. How was your week? Was it bad? Was it a parent trap week? Are your theme songs working? We are worried about you. We are worried about us. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Everything's great. Um, I am very tired. And I am really excited about the guest that we just recorded with. She was so good. And I can't wait for you guys to hear that episode. Um, but it meant that we just did an episode where we didn't answer one single email and we are way far behind. <laughs> so I'd like to get into that as quickly as possible and get to as many of you as possible. I love, love, love reading all of your emails. Sadinthecitypod at gmail.com. You can also DM us mm -hmm. anything you want. I love getting these messages from people who are in all kinds of situations, who find themselves in so many different places, geographically, emotionally, professionally, and hearing what you're going through and and how you're going through it. And like, it's not just people who are struggling. It's also people who are like, hey, this was my experience when I was where you were. Okay. And now everything's worked out and it's great, which are also so comforting to read. Yeah. So hopefully this is helping you guys too. I feel very supported by these emails. I would like you guys to feel very supported. Um, and I am really loving this little this little community we're developing. Oh, stop. 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 Okay. First one. Hello, Taylor and Brianna. I hope it's been a happy day in the city today. My take on I hope this email finds you well. <laughs> you two were talking about staying in one place versus moving around everywhere, and I did a little bit of both. I grew up in a small town in central Florida, yes, near Disney, in the same house my whole childhood. After I graduated high school, I moved to Tampa for college, about two hours away. I met my ex-husband during my senior year and moved in with him in Orlando after graduation. That inevitably did not work out as I was 24 when we got married. It works for some people, but I am not one of those people. So I moved back in with my parents until 2016 when I took a chance and spent a summer working in Alaska. It was incredible. The mountains alone were worth it. Seeing the Northern Lights was an amazing bonus. It was a great experience and I honestly recommend it to everyone. I always intended on going back, but life got in the way. I then met my current boyfriend through my job and moved in with him about 10 minutes away from where I grew up. Did I intend on living in this town for the foreseeable future? Not necessarily, but I found a man that I love that owns a house in this little town and I've made peace with that. I'm close to most of my family and his and luckily that just adds to our lives. Thank you for reading and I hope you both have a wonderful day. With love and respect, Corey. Oh, that's so nice. And Corey included some photos of the Northern Lights. Wow. That's so beautiful. This is the perfect one to start out with. Again, yeah. people writing in, talking about how things didn't go the way they expected, and now they're really happy and living a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Nothing makes me feel more like anything is possible and there are no mistakes and you should never regret anything <laughs> and God is real and the universe is on your side and whatever whatever other insufferable things white girls say <laughs> when they're going through it. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And like, you know, I like that Corey was like, it works for some people to get married at 24. I'm not one of those people. I am very glad that I didn't get married at 25 like I was going to right. and now looking back on it I'm like I'm not ready now so if something doesn't work out because you know getting divorced at whatever mid-20s that's tough that's gonna be tough yeah. and it's more common than people think mm -hmm. I think yeah now now that the uh there isn't always this religious factor hanging over everything where it almost like keeps people together. Um, now we're much more free yes. to be okay to be away. And so people are making that choice to be like, okay, well, if I'm not going to be shamed in my religion for breaking away from this, then people just do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's also really nice how people address 
the emails because everybody kind of has a quirky way of doing it. But in general, somebody always says something along the lines of, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're doing well. I and I'm know. like, how fucking nice is everybody that listens to this show? They're it's really insane. Nice. And everybody who writes in and all the DMs, like, there's like some of the most considerate, nice people. Cause like you just said, it's nice to know people are going through things with you, which I feel like a lot of the listeners are. They get that, okay, I'm not alone. I can breathe. But also, you don't want to think that everybody's tortured at all times and never living a good yeah. life because then that doesn't really help you feel like you can get out of where you are. Yeah, you want some after pictures. <laughs> and some of these emails are after pictures. If yeah. you want to send in an email that is about you struggling through this time of your life and now you're happy and successful and killing it yeah. and everything worked out for the best, title it title it after picture. I love that. So we can sort through them. Okay. <laughs> this one is from Kat. Dear Taylor, first off, I'm a big fan of yours. And while I'm not normally a big podcast person, I really feel like Sad in the City found me at the exactly right time. I lived in New York City for seven years, both in college and after, and had a love-hate relationship with it for a long time. I was one of those people who, even as a little kid, always knew New York was the end-all, be-all, so had an understandably hard time recon reconciling the perfect image in my head with the day-to-day -day reality. One of the first books I read after arriving in New York was a collection of essays called Goodbye to All That after the Joan Didion essay of the same name, which if you if which you should read if you haven't. The essay, not the book. One of the general ideas the book uh of the book is that you can't stay in New York forever all at once, which is why I recently decided to move to Berlin for a bit because I guess I wanted to test my love for New York and see if there was any way I could be happy in a less expensive and noisy city. Jokes on me, and I feel like more than a more of a New Yorker than ever, and I miss everything about it. I feel like I've left the great love of my life, and maybe it's the homesickness talking, but I think I finally realized that New York and I are in it for the long haul. <laughs> I guess my point is that it's good to try different places out because sometimes a little distance helps you figure out not only how you feel about a city, but how it has shaped you and its image. I hope you learn to love New York, but don't feel like you have to. It's your life and you deserve to make your own home wherever you wish. Best cat. Mm. That was so nice. Yeah. That's a really nice one. <laughs> I feel like I have been thinking about this because I went through this with Los Angeles where I didn't want to move to Los Angeles, but everyone told me I had to if I wanted to do comedy for real. And I got there and I didn't like it and I didn't feel like I fit in and I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't have close friendships and so after about a year and a half i left for a year mm. and that helped me get comfortable in la because i was still commuting into la so it wasn't like i just left and never spent any time there but it took the pressure off it was like you don't have to be here if you don't want to be mm. and in giving myself that space in a weird way, it made it easier for me to come back and try again. That's so great. You know? Yeah. And it makes sense because you didn't have that pressure on you so much. Yeah. That being said, I think a lot of people leave New York City and are like, oh, my God, what was I doing? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's I think it's a good way to figure it out. I mean, you know, you never know. You never know till you try. Life is long. When you're young and you have time, try it all out figure out who you are yeah don't just decide who you are and barrel ahead with that you can change you can be someone else all right this one's from sarah choosing a city Hello, hope you're well and enjoying New York City at least a little bit. I've been listening to and enjoying your podcast. I'm writing in to share how I chose a city that I could live in for the rest of my life, career and relationships allowing. I grew up outside of Seattle, so for university, I knew I wanted to go somewhere new. I went to film school in Boston, spent a semester abroad living in a castle in a small town in the Netherlands. Hey, it's one of my top three fun facts. It's so good. I mean, damn, if I saw that on Hinge. After college, I knew I didn't want to move to LA. So instead, I moved to Portland, Oregon and worked as a hostess for six months instead of doing much film work. I did a summer working at my old summer camp in the San Juans off the coast of Washington. Okay, that town was too small. Deciding I had to whole ass the film thing. I moved to LA. 
I hated it. I spent a long time trying to figure out if I wanted to quit film because it was hard or because it really wasn't right for me. I'm at least 90% sure it just wasn't right for me. So I changed careers and moved to Colorado, Fort Collins. I got the chance to go to France to teach English. So obviously I did that during the pandemic. After trying out all these places, I decided to move back to Boston. Honestly, I wouldn't call it my dream city, but I do love it and my friends from undergrad who are still here. But I still think trying to find a dream city was too much pressure. I love Boston. I think I could live here for a long time. But if I decide to move once I'm done getting my master's, that won't be a failure either. Just like while my while short, my film career wasn't a failure. It was definitely scary to move to new places, especially where I didn't know anyone. I know I can always get a job in a restaurant, though. So no matter where I went, I'd survive. Not sure this would help anyone at all as far as knowing where to live, but it's how I figured it out. You did just say not to apologize for the length of the email in the <laughs> podcast, but sorry for the long email. Thanks for the thought-provoking podcast, Sarah. Yeah. I love that. Again, this is how I felt about college. I did not have a dream college. Right. And not everybody has a dream city. And you don't have to. Yeah. Like you can just settle where you're happy yes and go this is fine this is good this yeah. makes sense for me there doesn't have to be some big fireworks moment or something yes i also love that um her perspective is one of i've lived and traveled internationally and then within you know the united states because sometimes i get in my own head i'm like well you're not you haven't seen a lot of different places. Mm. So how can you know if this is, you know, just because you haven't traveled or what you're doing is right? Like I get in my own head about that, but it's it's kind of reassuring to know that someone that is well-traveled has been to many places is still like, I guess, I don't know, I'll do this because it's familiar, but I don't know that this is my forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's nice because you can get in your own head if you're someone like me who hasn't really gone to a lot of different places. Um, so yeah, thanks for writing in, making us feel a little less cray cray. <laughs> okay, this one. Hi, Brianna and Taylor. If you get nothing else from this email, let it be A, the best secret I found to staying warm, albeit frumpy looking anywhere, including hiking in zero degree weather, is Flygo Sherpa lined pants on Amazon. Oh, I haven't heard of these. They're amazing. In respect to the hope of loving Brooklyn, I think you'd really love Ditmas Park and parts of Kensington. Both have Victorian mansions and backyards and even crickets. Oh, I should go see that. <laughs> crickets in New York City, I tell you. If you were going to spend a day exploring some of what Brooklyn has to offer, I'd recommend walking around Greenwood Cemetery and Prospect Park. Mm -hmm. Biking or driving around the neighborhoods of Ditmas Park. Am I saying that right? Is mm -hmm. it Ditmas? Ditmas, yeah. Kensington and Windsor Terrace and then taking the ferry at sunset or driving to Rockaway Beach. Oh my God, this person knows me so well. All of those things sound like the perfect day for me in Brooklyn. Oh my God. Yeah. As someone who truly craves feeling like I'm in nature or at least have a respite from the claustrophobia that can be NYC, all of those have saved me. On a more personal note, thank you so much for always leading with vulnerability and humor. The last year and a half, I got really sick with Lyme disease and COVID complications and wasn't able to work slash had to move in with my parents. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. For a lot of that time, I wasn't really able to do much of anything and listening to podcasts with comedians I appreciate, like your interview with Mike Birbiglia, really lifted my spirits. So I was very excited when I saw you started another solo-ish podcast. Love, Brianna. <laughs> I really related to specifically this last podcast and to the idea slash difficulties of choosing a place to plant roots. Born and raised in Brooklyn, I've always been considered the country mouse of the family. And now coming out of this intense period of focusing on health, I'm finally starting to look beyond the immediate and basic need for good health. And I'm trying to dream bigger and feel totally overwhelmed by all of the options and paralyzed by the fear of living the wrong life before dying. And more basically, that any social skills needed to start a new life somewhere new have atrophied. New York City is filled with great opportunities and many of the friends and family I love most in the world, but I just can't imagine being happy here long term. Thanks for adding some company amidst a COVID and winter for so many of us in New York City and beyond. All the best, Mariah. 
P.S. Swinging big here. If you ever want some company exploring Brooklyn or beyond, I'd be honored to be an exploration companion. I can provide personal references that I am not a murderer <laughs> and four out of five times am a joy to be around. <laughs> That's so nice. I mean, look, good the day in Brooklyn that you pitched, I was like, do you want to get married? <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I really, uh, I really... I so relate to so much of this. The the feelings of overwhelming, paralyzing fear that you are going to live the wrong life. Because when you get to be an adult, you realize it is just all your choice. You know, like you, you are in charge of where you go and what you do and what you make of your life. And I think that's what people miss about being children is they just miss that nothing was their fault Mm -hmm. and as an adult everything's your fault yeah or it feels that way oh yeah yeah have you ever done something you didn't realize how shitty it was until after and you're just like oh what i did hurt the people around me and when you're a kid sometimes you have like fallbacks of parents and other things like oh it's okay you're still you're trying to figure it out sometimes i haven't really done that as of recently, like in your 30s. But I remember being young 20s and um, kind of maybe doing some shady shit that I would be so offended by now or like see myself doing that and be like, that's shitty. That's horrible. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people have. That's why the the young to mid 20s is such a weird fucking time. Yeah, <laughs> there's just nothing like it. Because you feel like you should be an adult doing adult-sized things, and then you try, and you either fuck up, or you do it the wrong way, or you hurt people in the process to do those things, and um, and then the consequences that follow those. Yeah. Yeah. When she said the fear that any social skills needed to start a new life somewhere new have atrophied. Oh, that's so scary. It's like when you want to learn a new language as an adult and you're like, I don't think I don't think I can now. I think I got to be too old. Yeah. That that can be how you feel about starting over in your life. Yeah. Whether that's with a career or a relationship or a location. Yeah. You're like, I I think I'm too old to do that. I think the time for that was like when I was 22. Yeah. And I missed the window. Mhm. And now I have to just Make the best of this. Yeah. But you can start over at any age and any point, guys, in any any area of your life. Okay. This one. My move from California to Arizona. Hi, Taylor. I was born and raised in San Diego, not in the city, but in the county. And then later as an adult, moved to the city and closer to the beach. Anyways, cost of living got to be unaffordable, especially if you don't want roommates. I also found the people in SD to be very fake friends. Everyone there, but the rare few of us aren't from San Diego and they are all friends of convenience and just there to have a good time. I'm really close with my brother and sister, but they moved to Denver and I don't do well in cold weather, so I didn't go with them when they moved. I decided to move to Phoenix three years ago. It was close to home, quick flight to Denver, and at the time, affordable housing. I did buy a house here and I love my house, but living here has been a struggle. I got a job when I first moved here in aerospace doing procurement. I know what that is for sure. (laughs) Got laid off with about a thousand other employees when COVID first hit, then five months of unemployment before getting a city job in procurement, which I do love. That said, trying to make friends here is hard. I am 33, moved here at 30. I knew a few people, but haven't been able to become great friends with them. I met people at work, but they all had families with young kids and didn't want to be friends with the single guy. I found trying to make male friends as an adult male out of college probably the hardest thing i've been dating but that has been brutal online dating is terrible most people are really shitty or say they want to date or be in a relationship but really don't i have been hurt a lot and trying to meet people in real life but that is hard for me i am not the outgoing type i like bars but more divey and chill out clubs but i don't feel comfortable enough to approach girls at bars My new job, everyone is great, but they are all 20 plus years older and not really who I would want to be friends with outside of work. I have definitely been considering if I made the right choice in places. Within a week, both my sister-in-law and therapist asked me if I was going to stay there. 
It seemed like it wasn't really working for me. There's so much more to say about moving here and the struggle, especially when I was out of work during quarantine. It about broke me. I do get out and be active, like to hike, go to the movies, comedy shows, and of course, saw you here in June, going next month. Thank you. Also like to bowl and golf, but haven't met people doing that yet. There's so much to do and see here, but I feel lost and not sure if I fit in here and if it is for me. I really like your podcast. Keep it going. I sent the below to my friend that moved from Florida to New Mexico on a contract job and was struggling. Kind of random, but check out Sad in the City podcast by comedian I like Taylor Tomlinson. She started it about moving to New York from Cali and hating it, being sad, what to do, etc. Oh, thanks. I'll check that out. Did she have a Netflix special? Her name sounds familiar. She does have a Netflix special, but it's two years old now. Her new therapy is about her new material is about therapy. Um, and then their friend said the next day, okay, so since you told me about her podcast, I've listened to all six of her episodes <laughs> twice. I love it. It's so relatable. So good. Thanks for telling me about it. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Thanks for spreading the word, Tim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is, oh man, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this and that you don't know if this is where you should be. And yeah, meeting people is really, really hard. Yeah. It's so hard. I'm sorry that the dating apps have sucked for you. I mean, I think, I don't know which ones you've been on either. I wish that you had said, because I think there are some that are much better than others. And I think now that dating apps are so popular and there's such a wide range of them, you don't just have to date people on dating apps. You have to like date dating apps Yeah. where you have to find a dating app that works for you and is a good fit for you. Like I, I, most people I talk to say hinge is like the best one. Yeah. But I've also heard like coffee meets bagel is good. Tinder I've heard is a trash fire now. <laughs> uh, I don't really know, but there's so many out there. Yeah. There's so many out there. Um, so I hope it gets better for you. I mean, the fact that you like to bowl, like I feel like there's definitely bowling leagues like mm -hmm. everywhere. Oh yeah. That could be a fun way. Um, but also just dating is terrible and I <laughs> hear you and I'm sorry. And I wouldn't want to approach anybody at a bar either. <laughs> so and it sounds like you have a cool job. So you should be on dating apps explaining to women what your <laughs> cool ass job is. <laughs> I mean, come on. If I saw aerospace in somebody's... Yeah. If I saw aerospace <laughs> on somebody's uh, profile, I'd be like, hello. <laughs> what <Ooh>. do you do? <laughs> All right. This one is from Shannon. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Just finished episode five. And here's my question or story. I have always dreamed of moving to New York City and I did it, kind of, not really. I moved from small, a small town in Illinois to northern New Jersey for school to be closer to that dream and then I fell in love during a long distance relationship. During that relationship, she was considering going back to school and ended up going to Columbia to be closer to me. Also, it's Columbia. Is what she is. This what that's what she said. I didn't add that. Okay, that would be. Can you imagine if that was my aside? <laughs> Ended up going to Columbia to be closer to me. I'm like, whatever is Columbia? <laughs> no, that's that was written. <laughs> During that relationship, I got to live in New York City part time. I saw the life I wanted, except she was miserable there. We were together for a year and a half and broke up a few months ago. The breakup was messy and it was my first big heartbreak. I saw a glimpse of my life, my dream, and now someone who doesn't even want to be here is living it. So here's the situation. My roommate and my best friend got into Columbia for grad school and invited me to move with her once we graduate. And it would give me the chance to live the life I wanted, but all of those places and that dream I associate with this ex, who honestly really sucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to not move to New York City because of it, but we would be moving to a similar area and it feels like my dreams were fucked by this person. So I guess my question is about making new memories and places and what it's like to fall in love with and in a city and then for that not to work out. I still want to live in New York City, but I am trying to figure out how to do that without chasing ghosts. Maybe I should just ask my therapist instead of sending a rambling email to a podcast, but oh well. <laughs> I'm 22, by the way, so I know there is a lot of life ahead, but fuck this shit is hard. 
Thanks, Shannon. Woo, I'm so sorry, Shannon. That is so hard. Mm-hmm. That is so, so hard. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I remember um, after I had broken up with a couple people when I lived in Ohio, there was one that lived down, just right down the street. And so every day would essentially have to pass by their place, yeah. see their car, the Oof. car that we used to drive around in. Like you just, especially being younger too, you really, not that that has, I guess that isn't true. I was going to say you you hurt more or something or you're more emotional about it, but I guess that's not necessarily true. But at the time I was just completely heartbroken. And so having to see it every day, couldn't get away from it. Yeah. I, it, I think it did take me longer to get yeah. over that than if I could have a clean break, pretend you don't exist, don't know where you are at any times um, other than, so I, I get that like moving into the same neighborhood may pass each other, have maybe still some friend groups in common. That's, that's going to be a little rough. Yeah, that is tough, but I don't think that you should maybe just can you move to a different area is that possible because i don't think you should just give up on living where you want to live no but i do totally understand that it's hard to separate that place from this person that you spent all this time there with like my ex and i were living together in la in an area that i really liked in a building that i really liked near friends of mine And I moved to a different apartment in the same building to just kind of like change something, but I didn't want to leave. And that was excruciating. Like I would accidentally go up to our apartment a bunch. Like that Mm. happened so many times because I was just so used to it and I wasn't thinking coming up from the garage and I could like see it. I could see the life that I was going to have every time I left the building. And I was like, I can't stay here. This is not, this is not going to work. So then I moved within, within a similar area, but to just a different place. And I do think that you shouldn't like be neighbors with this person. I mean, I don't know how much control you have over that. I don't know if you just know that they're like in the same area, the same part of town. Um, I do think that New York is like a lot smaller than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to run into people or there's a chance you could. And that is something to consider. Um, But yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry that you have to deal with that. I'm sorry that this was like your first big heartbreak because that's going to make it even harder to get over. But it's not going to get worse after this. Like, do you think your first heartbreak is the worst? I don't even know if I agree with that, actually. Okay. I have a kind of a weird story about this. Oh, okay. My first big heartbreak. I lived with them. So I got kicked out like three days after high school graduation. Um, I had a big blowout with my mom and she's like, get out of my house. So I lived slash in my car slash with this person because he was living with three other people at the time. Uh, And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So I had been on and off with this person for two years at this point, from 16 to 18. I'm kicked out. I'm kind of living with him, kind of not. Um, And so I attached to this person pretty hard because I was shunned away from my family, had nobody else essentially besides a couple friends and this one guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like I lost my virginity to this person. Like mm. this was a pretty important person in my life. When we got to the point where we broke up, I was of course heartbroken, but I actually had initiated the breakup because it just wasn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point I was around 20 years old. So we had been together for a solid four years. A lot of trauma keeping this stuff together, right? Broke up, sad, but the person I fell for right after him, we didn't even date officially. I had more of an issue with that potential not working out than I did with the man I was with for four years 
not working out. That is so weird. And I have spent some time thinking about this, especially right after it happened. I was like, what could that have been? Like, why? Why? And I think what happened was I had come to the resolution in my own brain and heart that like this relationship with that man that I lived with wasn't working anymore. It wasn't right. So even though it was hard, I had come to terms. I didn't Mm. get broken up with. We broke up as a couple. We were like, this isn't working for either of us. But as hard as that was and thinking, oh, I have to let that life go, that thing that I thought I was going to have and it was going to be this way, it hurt even more when I met that next one. You got butterflies and they were new and they were different and they were more exciting than this. And so that potential was so much greater than the first potential I had with them. Like Mm. I didn't dream as big as I did with this other one. I'm like, I did it. I went through this hardship. Right. You thought that was your reward. Hello. And it just wasn't. And this person was, I thought, perfect for me. And I was like, well, that's why that relationship ended. So it could lead me to this situation. Mm. And when that didn't work out, I was fucked in the head for years. And it made me not want to date. I was like, well, this is what it's like, me thinking this is it every time. Uh, Yeah, it was interesting. Wow. Sometimes your first big one is like, oh, it's the first one. So you feel strongly. I'm not going to say like, it's definitely going to happen with the second one. But that was just my experience. Yeah. How about you? I don't know. My first breakup, I feel like was the most devastating. It's also the only relationship that like I didn't end. Mm. So that's probably part of it. But it was also, you know, you're like a religious teenager and you touched this person because you thought they were your, you know, God partner. Right. And you're like, it's fine. We'll get married. (laughs) It's okay. We touched each other. (laughs) And so I had, I had a lot of guilt and shame sexually on top of it on top of it just not working out i was like oh i'm like dirty now i'm like a dirty ruined person because of my religious upbringing and my uh, washed brain (laughs) and then the person i dated after that was on and off for years and that was like i feel like all of those breakups were really messy And it was just somebody I had to see a lot. And it just wasn't great. And then I dated somebody who we had like a nice breakup and like Mm. we're still friends. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which he didn't want to break up. But he's like very mature. He was like older than me. He was like nine years older than me. And he was like he's very good at like staying friends with people like he's very like emotionally mature Mm -hmm. where he's like this is really hard uh but you are an important person to me and i would like to keep you in my life in some way that's so going forward if you can and you know we didn't talk for a little while for sure Mm -hmm. but now we're at a point like we don't talk all the time but we check in every i don't know every few months i guess so nice it's so nice it's really nice And it's nice to have people like that that you can go back to and go like, was I like this when we dated? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) you should work on that. Or, you know, you have some idea of yourself. You're like, well, it's only been an issue this long. And they're like, oh, no, you were having nightmares when you were 20. Um, I think that it's hard because it's so dependent on what else you're going, going through in your life. Like my breakup... I thought my first breakup was going to be the worst breakup of my life. And then breaking up with my ex-fiance was probably the worst. Right. But I was also like dealing with a lot of mental health stuff that was not being, was not being figured out because I couldn't commit to figuring out a medication that worked for me because I didn't like how much trial and error it was. Mm -hmm. And so it was the most painful breakup I've been through. It was also the most productive one I've been through. Mm. Because I really felt like I came out of that a different person in like a better place eventually because I just hit rock bottom. Mm. Um, I don't know how any of that was on topic with this email, but (laughs) 
we got there. It's fine. Yes. I think, yeah. My question is about how it was about making new memories in places and what it's like to fall in love with and in a city and then for that not to work out. I think that it's important to go do things by yourself. Go do things with your friends. If there are restaurants that you and your ex loved, you cannot go to them for a while, but don't be like, I'm never going to the ramen place again. Mm -hmm. Don't give places too much power. Like if you got proposed to somewhere, like, yeah, maybe that place is a graveyard. But (laughs) if you just like the ramen near your house, yeah. You can take a friend to the ramen place. You can get ramen by yourself. You can watch that movie you watch together. Mm-hmm. Again, like I'm I'm so sensitive to that as well. I remember I was talking to a guy once um about movies and he like asked me if I liked a movie that I had watched with my ex and I was like and I just stopped talking to him. Yeah. Because I just like, I just was which is a sign you're just not ready to be dating, honestly. <laughs> but I, I was so, I just connected. I just connected that person to every movie we watched together, everything right. we did together, every place we went together. And you're like, you can do all that stuff on your own and enjoy it on your own. And it doesn't have to, all be things you lost because your relationship didn't work out and also new york city i'm sure there's a lot you haven't done and i'm sure there's a lot you wanted to do that maybe your ex didn't want to do or you just didn't get to it and now's the time to do those things yeah right and the great thing about here is the opportunity to move comes every year because you probably don't own your place right (laughs) seriously yeah so and not saying that everybody financially can make it work every year but that is kind of the nice thing is like a fresh start. You have another chance. We made our way to Brooklyn and unfortunately just really hated Brooklyn, but had signed a two-year lease. And I was like, no, bring back my one-year leases. Oh, no. And so now we're back in the city and much happier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that is kind of the nice thing is that you do get a chance to reset your life about every time your lease comes up. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to. And um, if you love your apartment, which, okay. Uh, uh, what's you? that like? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you living? No. Um, but yeah, New York has a lot of opportunity to start fresh in its own in your same place, you know? Yeah. Because this place changes so often and so much. And you change along with it. It doesn't take long for you to go through some cycles of yeah. yourself here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've definitely felt that myself too, just even throughout the day. My morning walk felt different than my evening walk. Exactly. One of my favorite things from this podcast is when we recorded these three days in a row and your timeline of this is like, hey, guys, Tay Tay was sad on Monday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a rough. That was a rough week. It was. And then the next day I was like, I'm fine. I'm good. We figured it out. And the next day I was like, I think we're okay. I think. (laughs) It really, it's very telling. It's its a great snapshot of yeah. what it's like to live here. And, you know, even this week, like this morning was beautiful and warm. <laughs> and yesterday was very cold. Right. And rainy. And I couldn't walk anywhere. Yep. So. New York. New York. It's always baby. looking to fuck you over. <laughs> I know. And if I had a, if I had a car, the weather wouldn't. If I had a car and it was convenient to drive here, the weather wouldn't affect me as much. Right. But the fact that I don't and it isn't is pretty big. Yeah. Okay. Let's do another one. About to be sad in the city. Hello. I love the podcast so much. Thank you for making it right before I am about to make the biggest move of my life from Utah to Chicago. My job is taking me out there, but I am also an aspiring actor and stand-up comedian, so I am looking to pursue some opportunities for those as well. I am also excited to have a home base because currently I travel for work and then have to return to a sometimes shitty hotel once I'm done for the day, which is where I'm writing this email from. I really look forward to sleeping in my own bed at the end of the day. I am very lucky to have a good friend that I will be joining in Chicago, but making new friends and dating are definitely some pretty big worries of mine. 
So far, I'm excited for the move. So far. I have just been looking at apartments online, which has been fun. I can feel myself turning the corner of, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to start making decisions because thus far I have had a this building is cute kind of attitude. I got to see you, Taylor, perform at Largo while traveling for work, and I have to say I was amazed. Watching those comedians, especially you and Pete that night, I could feel that you were professional comedians. Thank you. My experience performing stand-up has been in a college club and some shitty to mediocre open mics, most of which has been in very Mormon Utah. To see comedians like you and Pete have such command of their craft was inspiring. I do also want to mention that the next time that I felt that way about a performer was Patty Lapone and company that I saw a few weeks later. Unfortunately, I don't think I can compare you to Patty Lapone because that does feel somehow sacrilegious. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But I did feel similar inspiration in watching you and these other professionals perform art forms that are so near and dear to me. Thank you so much for that feeling. Insert obligatory apology for the length of the email here. Hayden. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited for you. I hope that your move is great. It sounds like you're nervous but feeling positive about it. Thank you for almost comparing me to Patty Lapone <laughs> in some way. That's really nice. God, I love all of our listeners. So I much. know. It after every single time I read anything, I'm like, oh. I know. <laughs> We so we great. screenshot parts of emails and text them to each other <laughs> with like crying emojis. Yeah. So often. Just like oh, <gasps> Did you see this one? <laughs> it really got me. <laughs> Sometimes Brianna will forward emails and go, This one really got me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I know. It's yeah. it's intense. I'm like, oh Bri Bri got a little teary eyed on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Saddies in the cities. <laughs> Hi, Taylor and Brianna. I hope I spelled that right. You did. I'm such a big fan of your comedy, your podcast, and you both as people. Your podcast came at the perfect time as I also live in New York City and have been struggling with identifying that place where I feel most at home. Sorry in advance for the super long email, but cannot resist writing in. <laughs> I feel like the real struggle of places like New York City, London, etc. is forming a long-lasting community. What I realized ever since COVID is that the turnover here is pretty crazy. COVID accelerated things, but I read somewhere that even before COVID, the average length people stay in New York City is five years. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Anyone who stays here for a long time, you're mentally ill. <laughs> when I first moved to New York City in 2017, it was everything I dreamed of. I also had a ton of friends from grad school who stayed in the city and became friends with roommates that I found online. But then a couple things happened. My boyfriend of six years and I broke up and seemingly everyone I knew left NYC to try out somewhere new. I swear every dude I know moved to Colorado or to go back to what they knew. They were probably going to leave anyway, but COVID shortened that timeline. My grandmother, my only close living relative in the U.S., passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Suddenly, even though I was able to make new friends quickly, I still felt really alienated and abandoned in this city. Fun side note, my post-breakup rebound I was dating got deported. Oh, no. That is why I'm so jealous of people like your boyfriend or anyone who has grown up here. They have a real long-lasting community that has that for a transplant like me is really hard to build. I do think that part of the reason may be also how hard it is to have enough money to buy a house. The prospect of renting forever is not very appealing and buying a house helps lay down roots and invest in getting to know the people around you. And buying a house just feels impossible here. Do they even have houses here? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. I have thought many times about moving back home to Italy where I did not where I did at one point have that sense of community but due to insane youth unemployment at like 30% all but two of my friends live outside of the country sprinkled across Europe. So while I do get to see everyone during the holidays and it feels really awesome, if I were to come back, I know the reality would be very different. Also I would not have the same career opportunities I have in the US. So my solution has just been to fly back and forth for a while while I decide where I feel most at home and whether I want to try out somewhere new. Hawaii, maybe? Uh, I don't drive a car, so I am limited. Any places in California where I can survive without a car? Yeah, I mean, you can Uber everywhere in LA, but mm, I don't know. I would just learn to drive. <laughs> 
While I realize I'm super lucky to have dual citizenship and be able to bop back and forth with remote work and all, it has not been like Lizzie McGuire in Rome (laughs) (laughs) or Emily in Paris. The challenges of bi-coastal living that you describe and bi-continental living are very similar. Travel sucks, jet lag sucks, COVID COVID makes it all worse, and you have to work at maintaining relationships and you can't call people when you want to because of the time difference. This is why I really appreciate your podcast and a lot of the emails you read out in episode six. You read out in episode six about trying out different places and how it's okay for goals to change. As much as I would love to be anchored and settled somewhere, I'm trying to take advantage of my situation and the flexibility I have. The past couple years, I have reflected on how it's both a blessing and a curse that we live in a hypermobile world. On one hand, the ability to pursue opportunities no matter where they are, but also the real difficulty in forming a community and having to deal with long distance relationships. Anyway, thanks again for the podcast. I found it incredibly funny and comforting. Anna. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bicontinental living is like next level. Yeah. I do think big cities have a big turnover rate. But for sure. New York seems to be particularly bad. Yeah. I don't have my... I can check on here. But yeah, it does seem like it would have a pretty high turnover rate. And I think that was proven when COVID hit because of how many people quickly dropped this city. I was like, well, then I'm just moving back anywhere else. The only reason I'm here is to experience New York at its fullest. Mm -hmm. And the rate that people were leaving the city was insane. Mm -hmm. So you really are here for a short burst of time, I think, if you're... I think most of the people probably are. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, LA is like that too. People get sick of LA. People get sick of big cities, I think. Big cities feel like a chapter in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Some people it's forever. But I think a lot of people do it for, for a time. And it's a time they're grateful for. And it's a time they love. But it's not forever. Right. And that's okay. Yep. Uh, I have mentioned before that I have a pretty bad job of treating myself nice, mm-hmm. doing nice things. Um, but I took notice after one of our recordings how I said, you know, if you're looking to treat yourself or I'm sorry, if you're if you're having a rough time mentally, do something nice for yourself. That was my advice. I took note that night. Because I swear, Taylor, I have a list in my head of things that I could buy the second, but I'm waiting to get them when I'm really sad. Yeah. And I was like, is this normal? I think that's great. I've absolutely done that. (laughs) And they're common everyday type things. Like what? Uh, Okay. There's these, there's these wine glasses I want and they're pretty fancy. Okay. And they have this fun little shape. And I already know the ones that I want to get from Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm just waiting until I have a really bad day. I love that. <laughs> I think that's great. I didn't know you if it was You are taking care of future you. Yeah. I guess that that is it. But I was like, you could literally do this right now. Because Matt and I happened to be at Bed Bath & Beyond recently. And he goes, hey, didn't you say there was like some glass you wanted to get? And I was like, it's not time. <laughs> it's not time but do you get worried that they're going to discontinue it i mean i guess it's one of those types of like glasses that even if it isn't that brand i could find a similar thing at pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. um but I, and i have a list of things in my head like i do my own nails typically but if i'm like if i'm having a really bad day it'll be the day i go get a manicure <laughs> um no. oh dry bar that's another thing. I want someone else to do my oh. hair for once. I've never done it. I've never done it either. I really want to, but only when I'm really sad. Is it different than what they do after you get a haircut, though? Um, I don't think so. From what I've been able to tell, they just they do a wash, shampoo. They probably do head massage, all that little stuff. Um, then they blow it out. But it is really great for someone with my hair type, too, because I have naturally it's not curly. It's like a wave slash frizz. Mm. Um, and so if I don't get it right when I'm heat drying it or anything, it's just stuck like that. Right. And the humidity changes it immediately. Um, so I typically get frustrated by my hair. So any chance that someone would want to do it for me, even if I'm paying them. 
Is dry bar like crazy expensive? I, I haven't really looked into it that much, but I don't think it is. I actually think it is kind of affordable in terms of like, you're not going to go there twice a week and get it done no. probably, but it's like a special event situation. Yeah, especially if you get to, the although point, there are probably people who do go twice a week. I'm sure. I mean, fuck if I had some, that type of money, there'd be lots of things I would be doing. How much do you think it is? <sighs> Let's guess. I mean, shit, if I'm going to get my hair done at a salon and that's easily 300 plus, then I hope that this is around 7,500. This says the blowout is 50. There you go. That's not bad. That's not bad. And I'm sure I was thinking it was more for some reason. Yeah. And you can get an updo for like 100. Oh, nice. Yeah. If there was ever an event I went to, that just sounds silly. I don't go to events. But if I did and I needed someone to do my hair, I would do that. I would go to a dry bar instead of, you know, a straight up salon. Yeah. But yeah, I had I just noticed that I have this nice little list of things that I'm going to do one day because um, I know it will come that time. I love that. I save movies for that. Oh. I'll be like, oh, I really want to watch that movie, but I need to save it for when I'm really bummed. Yeah. And I need to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you guys so much for writing in as always. Sat in the city pod at gmail.com. You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on everything. Follow the podcast on Instagram, Sad in the City Pod. Uh, come see me on tour. TTomComedy.com for tickets. Uh, I believe this one is coming out probably the end of February, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. So let's <laughs> see all some of these out. Uh, yeah. If this is coming out at the end of February, my new special on Netflix is going to be out on March 8th. It's called Look at You and i'm so excited right now we're so excited wait i'm just hearing this i'm oh my god i'm so excited (laughs) i told you it was coming out didn't i no i mean you probably told me it was happening but i didn't know the date oh yeah it's pretty soon i'm pretty i'm pretty nervous about it wait so but this will come out and it'll be a watch party can we do like a saddy watch party (gasps) how would we do that like remote yeah there's like live stream movie watches you can do i've i haven't been to them but i know there's an influencer that has done it before i'm looking into it if it can happen it's gonna happen that's kind of fun i'd love to look into that yes (laughs) um yeah if this is coming out mm, i guess we'll see if it's after this date i'm sorry but (laughs) i am in bakersfield february 25th i am in san diego february 26th I am in Boise, March 11th. I am in Salt Lake City, March 12th. I am in Monterey, California, March 18th. Napa, California, March 19th. Louisville, Kentucky, March 25th. Cincinnati, Ohio, March 26th. Green Bay, Wisconsin, March 27th. I am here in New York for these rescheduled dates at the Beacon, April 1st, on Friday, 7 p.m., Please come to that. There are still tickets to that. I have two shows at Town Hall on April 3rd, Sunday at 5 and 8. Those, I think, are sold out. You might be able to get tickets since people's were moved, obviously. So we might have had some drop-offs or refunds. Um, but look at those. New York, April 1st and 3rd. And uh, yeah, lots more after that. Norfolk, Las Vegas, Birmingham, Nashville, Tennessee, Edmonton, Vancouver, Vancouver, and LA. That is the remainder of this tour. <laughs> Please come see me. Ttomcomedy.com for tickets. And uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram so that you don't forget. Bye. <laughs>